Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Today I want to talk to you and share with you from the Word of God on when your situation seems impossible. Uh, I can recall I'm in my own life uh, with my wife. Next Sunday we'll been married 40 years. And uh, there were some times that uh, it seemed like that we weren't going to quite get through a situations or certain things that go on and and so I kind of know what it's like to look at a situation and it just at the moment seem kind of impossible and this is what we're seeing here in this passage with Jesus uh, in in Mark chapter 8 about this time another great crowd had gathered and assembled and the people ran out of food again Jesus called his disciples and he told them, I feel sorry for these people. They've been with me for three days and they have nothing to eat. If I send them home without feeding them, they will faint along the road. For some of them have come a long distance. How are we supposed to find enough food the disciples were wondering and speaking out loud, we're we're out here in the wilderness. How many loaves do you have, Jesus said. Seven, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground, and then they took the seven loaves. Jesus, Jesus thanked God for them, and he broke them into pieces and gave them to his disciples, who distributed the bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found too, so Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples, pass them out. They ate until they were full, and when the scraps were picked up, there were seven large baskets of food left over. There were about 4,000 people in the crowd that day, and he sent them home after they had all eaten and were full. One of the problems problems with us today is that we like to look at our problems and go to some counselor or we like to go to a consultant or we like to go and and we like to from a human standpoint and I'm not saying this is wrong I'm just saying this is what we like to do and when it comes to an impossible situation most of the time, you're not going to find someone to give you the greatest advice of the world unless they have been through that same situation. You see, from a human point of view, this picture that we just read seems a bit hopeless, don't it? It seems overwhelming. It seems on the impossible side. I believe there's some of you here today. You faced it yourself. You know exactly what it's like to feel like Golly, I just don't know how this is supposed to work out. I just don't know how God is going to intervene and work this situation out. Normally, when we face a a mountain too tall to climb, what do we do? I tell you what most of us do. We start talking. And if we're not careful, we'll talk ourselves right out of something. 
You see, I'm convinced when we're faced with an impossible situation, we finally have an opportunity to see God really work in our lives. But the problem is we sit and try to talk ourselves out of it. I'm going to introduce you a couple of people that, that did that in the Bible and what God did. A young man who worked at the grocery store, they got ready to close, and he was getting ready to lock the door, and the lady came up and knocked on the door and said, Sir, I I need to buy some groceries. He said, I'm sorry, ma'am. This store is closed. She said, you don't understand. I need some groceries tonight, not right now. It won't take long. Just please let me in. So he opened the door, and he started following her up one aisle, down the other, and she said, what I really need is a head head of lettuce. So she went into the produce department, and and, uh, she was... Standing, he was standing there, and she was standing there, and she said, I don't only need a head, I only, a head of lettuce, I need a half a head of lettuce. <laughs> he looked at her and said, ma'am, we can't give you a half a head of lettuce. And she said, sir, I want a half a head of lettuce, and I want that lettuce now. So he kind of slipped off went into the office where the manager was closing out the books, and he said, sir, he said, I hate to bother you, but he said, there's this little lady out here, and she's a dingbat. She wants a half a head of lettuce. Can you imagine just how ridiculous that is? And when he turned around, she was standing in the doorway. And he surveyed the situation and said, sir, this sweet, sweet little lady right here, she wants the other half. And so what he did is he talked himself right out of a difficult situation. Don't we do that sometimes? Wednesday night we had a wonderful crowd here and we had a good challenge meeting. Some of you just to said in your mind, I can't be there, not going to be there. You not, don't want to be involved. Hey, that's fine, but you're going to miss something in your life that God could, especially if you can't afford nothing. You see, people who have got a lot, my gosh, mostly give out of their surplus. They give out of their abundance. They, look, if you need $20, I'll, I got $20 in my pocket. Now, don't ask me for it. But I can give you $20 because why? It's in my pocket. You ever had somebody come up and, and uh, ask you for $10? And you're saying, well, and, and you know that you got a 10 and a 20 in your, hand, in your pocket. And you reach down there and say, okay, God, I'm going to give them whatever it is. And you pull out the 20 and you say, would you, could you wait a minute? And you put it in another pocket and reach down. Here, I just happen to have 10 right here. It's amazing what we will do. What you and I will, will, how we approach things when it comes to impossible situations. But understand this. You will not find God working in a person's life supernaturally to where they were able to talk themselves out or work that thing out. They had to see that it was God and God alone before God showed anything supernatural in their life. The sad thing about it is today, you and I, we don't walk around desiring God to show us anything supernatural. We, you're like me. You want to try to control it. You want to try to calculate it. You want to try to figure it out. You want, all of the, you want all of the information given to you before you do anything for God. 
And God just doesn't work that way. He doesn't give us all the information at one time. God spoke to a man we know on a holy ground on a mountain, told him to take off his shoes, and said, Now, Moses, I want you to go get my people. And I want you, they've been praying, they've been crying, and I want you to go get them. What did Moses say? I can't. God said, why? He said, because I can't speak. Now, here God gave a man of God the opportunity to do something, but he said, I can't do it. God looked at Moses and said, what do you got in your hand? He said, Sirod, Lord. He said, throw it on the ground. Remember? He throws it on the ground. It turns into a slivering snake. Then God said, pick it up. Now, I got news for you. I can throw a rod on the ground. But when you go telling me pick up a live snake, it better be faith, especially with me because I readily want to shoot it. I don't care if it is a rat snake. I don't care if it is something that takes care of your varmints. To me, a good snake is a dead snake. I can't believe God would ask a man to pick up a snake. Moses almost didn't even think about it. He just reached down, picked it up. What happened to it? It turned back into a rod. Why is that so significant? You see, that rod, before he threw it to the ground, was Moses' rod. When he picked it up, it became God's rod. What did Moses use to get him out of a jam? When he had two million people going with him out of Egypt, and he turned around, and there was a whole army of uh, the Egyptians coming after him, And the Red Sea was before him. God said, touch the water with the rod of God. You see, that was an impossible situation. Can you imagine, the Bible says, little old David, who must have been a little tough David. He'd already whooped a lion and a bear. And he said, now, I want you, David, to whoop a giant. Now, I don't know about David. But when he picked up those five smooth stones and put them in his pouch and took his sling, and when he went down to the army to see how the battle was going on, and all of a sudden this huge, mighty giant comes out, and, and God says, David, you can take him. I don't know what David thought at the minute when he looked up at David or, or Goliath, but I know what I'd have thought. I hope I don't miss You see, we always have the double clutch. We're always made up of rather than walking and saying, God can do it, we just think we have to somehow figure it out. Can God really use me? Can God? Some of you Wednesday night said, you know what? I can't do this. 
when I mention, and, and you'll hear it different through, it'll finally stop, believe me. But after a while, you'll hear people say, well, well what can you do? How, how, can you, how can God use you to weep for us to arrive at our goal? And some of you said, I can't. I just can't. The ones that can't are at the very threshold of seeing God perform a supernatural phenomenon. In your life. Because the ones that have it, thank God they have it, they're going to give out of abundance. I've said this before, and if I don't say it, Satan's going to rob me of it. Last week I said said something about two microphones breaking down. Somebody said, don't confess that. Two microphones broke down. Boom, boom. We know what happened now. I preached the funeral here today, and it did just fine. Notice it didn't crackle in the day. But I just felt led of God. I wanted to confess it. If I didn't happen to confess it real quick, it would, I knew that Satan did not want me to preach what I preached last Sunday, and he really don't care that I'm preaching what I'm preaching today. And some of you saying, I don't either. (laughs) No, we don't like to be made feel uncomfortable. We like to hang in there with Moses. I just can't. I can't do what God wants me to do. I can't. Oh, yes, you can. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to show you a passage of Scripture that I've already showed you before that just sets me on fire when I look at it. It, it. It sort of put me in a kink. But I'm going to say this because supernaturally speaking, I believe that Solid Rock Baptist Church in 36 months can not only have paid off the first note, but have also satisfied the second note. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's possible. But it looks impossible, humanly speaking. It is a bit overwhelming to me. But I'm telling you that God can use us to do that. Got that off my chest. Now, don't get me wrong. When the disciples looked at the situation, they said, Lord, this is 4,000 people. Is there anyone here in this church that can take seven loaves and two fishes and feed uh, 4,000 people and have seven baskets left over because we're fixing to do a banquet and I need your help? We can do it a lot cheaper if you can do that. You can't do it. And the disciples knew they couldn't do it. So what had to happen? There had to be a supernatural pipeline connect to this situation. And let me tell you something. I didn't think about this much when I was coming up as a as a young preacher, and when I was in my mid-40s uh, and 50s, I didn't think about it either. But all the friends, and we hung out one with last night, you know what they sit around and want to talk about? At 62 years old, what do 62-year-old people like to talk about? Retirement. That's what all my friends, every time I call them, what you doing? Think about retiring. 
And I'm wanting to be encouraged and pumped up. I'm wanting to quit. I said, dear God. Here lately, hadn't been, I've told some of you, hadn't been sleeping good. I, I've, I've talked to people right and left. I say, how well are you sleeping? I ain't sleeping good at all. I said, I can't get anybody to give me any relief. Everybody's going through this situation. There may be a holy movement of God going on. I, that might be what it is. Something fixing to happen. Take your Bible and turn to 2 Kings. I lost my Harley in 2 Kings. By the way, I sold my truck. That's handled. As soon as I fix a little dent in my my Harley, I'm putting it on the market for sale. It all became the 2 Kings chapter 4. Some of you go, I ain't reading that. It is dangerous. One day, the widow of one of Elisha's fellow prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband, who used to serve you, is dead. You know that he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come, threatened to take my two sons as slaves. Now, by the way, that was a normal practice. If you had a debt back then, especially a widow, that debt could be satisfied by them taking her kids, her two boys, and satisfy that debt. And, and they would be their, the slaves of the debt. Elisha said, well, how can I help you? And all of a sudden he said, now, ma'am, tell me what you have in your house. Isn't that kind of a weird request? To Moses he said, tell me what you have in your house hand to the to the widow he said tell me what you have in your house this probably is the only point that we'll drive today because i don't have time to drive anymore and that is how can we be used in a supernatural way listen because i am getting to that age of life called retirement I want to make sure for my wife and if there is an inheritance for my kids to come that I tap into the same pipeline that this widow tapped in what is that it is a supernatural pipeline of power provision and promise and God does it How did he do it for this woman? This woman didn't have anything. Now, I told you, I've got at least $20 in my pocket. This woman said, Elijah, I don't have anything in my house but a little bottle of what? Oil. And remember, Elijah, the oil. Remember my, my husband. My husband was a prophet, Lord. He served under you. He served God. He feared God. He was a preacher. And he left me a grand total of a little bottle of oil. It don't seem like much, does it? That seven loaves don't seem like a lot, does it? And some of you have gotten in your rationale. You know what? I don't have a lot. 
if you don't have a lot, hang on. Because that's who God's speaking to. If you say like Moses, I can't. That's who he's speaking to today. When I get at the end of the road, I think it's on me, but I I haven't had it put to a challenge yet. Why? Because I feel so blessed. And God has blessed this old preacher. Country boys can be blessed, even from Tennessee, living in Georgia. Some of you Georgia boys saying, why don't you go back to Tennessee? Because I'm going to die in Georgia, if I can. I like Georgia. It just looks prosperous. Tennessee looks poor. If you haven't, go back. Don't go to Dollywood. That, that's a bad image of Tennessee. Go out there and drive down 411 down where I used to live. Doesn't look so wealthy. The widow had nothing but a flask of oil. And here's what the prophet said. I want you to go and get this, get this request. Borrow as many vessels, clay vessels as you can find. Didn't say buy them. He knew she didn't have any money. I want you to borrow them. Borrow them from your neighbors and your friends. She said, okay. She sent the boys and she headed out. Man, they collected as many as they could collect. Brought them back into the house. He said, now I want you to take that little flask of oil. I want you to go in your house by yourself and you and, and, and your boys get along. And I want you to start pouring. And when you have filled all those vessels, that'll be enough. She starts pouring. Now, can you imagine it, it don't quit pouring? One vessel gets full, and they take it and put it. Another one, it, it's filled. It's filled to all of the vessels are filled. Now, what is that? That is called something supernatural. Anybody want know how to define that? Well, let's look at it like this. It's something that occurs outside the normal experience or the knowledge of man. It's not explainable by the laws of human nature, and it defies human explanation. Have you ever had anything like that go on in your life? I'll promise you this. It did not go on when you felt like you had everything worked out. You don't need God if you've got it all worked out. You don't. This woman is about as poor as poor could be. Well, I can't give. She did. And somehow she tapped in to the pipeline. And, and, and the pipe was not made in America. It was made in heaven. And it connected. I don't know about y'all. But if you want to pray a prayer for this church, if you want to pray a prayer for yourself... If you want to pray a prayer for your ministry, if you want to pray a prayer for our retirements, pray that we're tapped in to the pipeline of glory. That means you ain't got nothing to worry about. Because God's going to provide. 
You say, Mike, you don't understand my mountain and it's in my way. Oh, yes, I do. Especially if it's a mountain that you can't climb, you can't go around, you can't go under. Because you got to have God show up. And don't tell me that God won't do that in your life and mine. I shared this illustration when I, four or five months ago, I shared this text that two men were down at the lake one morning and they were fishing in a trout lake. And they stayed there all day. And one man had a very weird habit. Every time he caught a fish, he measured that fish by his little ruler. And if it didn't, if it stuck over his little ruler, he threw the fish back in. So at the end of the day, it drove the guy the fishing with him crazy. He said, I just got to ask you, why in the world have you thrown all the big trout back and you only kept the little bitty trout? It don't make sense to me. He says, it makes sense to me. He said, why are you doing that? He said, because I don't have but an eight-inch frying pan. Some of us treat God just like that. The reason that we don't want to be challenged, the reason that we won't say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll give whatever, I'll look into my house and I'll give whatever you tell me. Because what you tell me, I'll connect myself up to the power line. I'll connect myself up to your provision. We want to stay small. Eight-inch kind of little faith. When God wants to do for you something in a more supernatural way. I believe God wants to use all of us. I believe he wants all of us. And, and I'm looking, my friend, don't, don't think me. I, hey, I'm, my struggle is not with you. My struggle was me. I'm saying, now, God... I want to be faithful to the people of Solid Rock Baptist Church. I don't want to be a poor leader. I don't want to be to somebody that says, you do it and I don't do it. Because I want, to, I want to make sure that as your leader, not only am I challenging you, but I'm living up to the challenge and I'm obeying that challenge myself. Because it's not fair for me to ask you to consider something and I'm not considering it. It's just not right. There was a man who, whose wife, he loved, his, he loved his wife, but he hated, he absolutely hated and despised her cat. I understand that. This cat drove him crazy. But this cat went way too far one day. While his wife was at work, without her knowledge, he took this cat boxed it up and sh- uh, shipped it to Africa. When his wife got home, she was normally naturally distressed because her cat was gone. So to make sure he wasn't suspected that he'd done anything with that cat, he went to his wife and he says, Honey, I'm going to put up a $5,000 reward for that cat. His wife said, I thought you hated that cat. He said, I despise that cat. But because of my love for you, it is worth that much to me to find your cat. Next day, that article went out and his neighbor read it. 
he couldn't believe what the man was doing. He said, he went over and he said, man, you're crazy. He said, how in the world could you offer $5,000 for a cat that's absolutely you hate? The man smiled and said, when you know what I know, you can afford to be very generous. If we only could just sit down five minutes with Moses. And Moses tell us about our situation or your situation. If we could just sit down five minutes with David or this widow, you know what she'd say? It's a no-brainer, folks. Don't think about it. Pray about it. Ask God, God, I want something supernatural to take place in my life. And I want to know that I didn't have anything to do with it except to say, God, I did what you told me to do. And you know what? There, I didn't have the little card I meant to bring it, but one of the things on the card that we ask in the in the challenge meeting Wednesday night, on that card is that some of you to commit to check that you would pray that God's will would be done in this church. Well, with what we've got to do and how I believe that we can take care of this and see this done in three months and take and, and pay for it. seems overwhelming humanly and, and impossible, but you know what? With God, there isn't anything possible. And if all of us, I'm talking about all of us, if we pray this prayer, God, I just want to do what you want me to do. And if, and if it's just a flask of oil, if it's just a rod, if, if it's just a, a five stones and a sling, it don't matter because that's what God said to do. Can I hear amen? amen. If, if you did that, you would be connecting. To the heavenly pipeline. And then we don't have to worry about it. Why? Because now God can use you and whatever you gave. And he can use it a whole lot better than what we do. I close with this illustration. And I know you're about ready. But when I read this, I thought this was so cool. (laughs) While it's a legend... Makes a lot of sense. There was a man who was lost in the desert. He was dying for a drink of water. Thirsty, I mean, he just, he needed H2O. He stumbled upon an old shack and ramshacked house, a windowless, roofless, weather-beaten old shack. He looked about this place and he found a little shade from the heat in the desert. And as he glanced around, he saw an old rusty pump. It was about 15 feet away. He stumbled over to grab the handle, and when he began to pump it, it it just squeaked, and and dust would fly, and nothing came out. Disappointed, he staggered around and and back, and he noticed off to the side of, uh, of the pump was an old jug. So he wiped off the old dust off that old jug, and he looked, and he realized he read this message. 
you have to prime the pump with all the water in this jug. My friend, and it said, P.S., be sure you fill the jug up again before you leave. Well, he popped the cork off of that, and sure enough, man, that was some water, and he was dying of thirst. He said, look, all I got to do is drink this, and I'm done. I, but then he got to think, well, now, wait a minute. So he got to think, he said, but you know what? If I pour all that water in that old rusty pump, and it don't work, I'm just thrown away. And he's just sitting there struggling. What do I do? Reluctantly, he poured all of the water in that jug, into the pump. He grabbed a hold of the handle and, you know what I'm talking about, y'all, some of you are going, what is he talking about? But some of you know what I'm talking about. And nothing came out. He said, now God, he did it again. And a little bit of water began to flow. And all of a sudden, there was a strain come out of it. And then all of a sudden, a gush of fresh, cool river water was flowing. And he took that jug, and he filled it up, and he drank. He filled it up, and he drank. And then he filled it up again and put the cork on it. And then when he was getting ready to leave, here's what he said. He wrote, took a little piece and added a little to the note. He said, believe me, believe me, it really works. You have to give it all away before you can get anything back. That is the essence of genuine faith. It's not a risk. It's a challenge to the human reasoning. Faith will call on us to do the unthinkable that we might receive the impossible. That's what faith is. You can sit and try to figure out how you don't want to be involved. And you know what? I can't. I I wish I could make it, but I can't. I can only take care of Mike. And I'm going to pour whatever God says to pour in the jug or in the prime of the pump. And when that pump starts flowing, I'm just going to grin like a possum. Because I want that pump to flow not just through this, but until I die. And I want to stay in that. I don't want to get out of that. Because then I don't have to worry no more. With your head.